1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. So with the federal election now in the rearview mirror, the focus turns to promises made, promises kept, promises broken. One of the key issues in the campaign was affordable housing and support for those trying to get into the market. Asif. Yeah, Tina, I mean, that was one of the main concerns of the population. And to, to help us navigate through this, we have Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, joining us. Tim, welcome. Thanks for having me back, Austin, Tina. Great to hear you. Hope you have a good weekend. Tim, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, a week off uh, from the, uh, the vote, and we wanted to get your thoughts on where you think we go from here. Man, that was quite a campaign, eh? Like, you know, for somebody who spent 21 years in business, it was good drama. You know, I kind of chuckled a bit because every leader in every campaign will almost always say, this is the most important election in a generation. And it turned out kind of the least important, right? Everybody stayed the same. It was a tie, all that. But when it comes to housing and real estate, uh, I'm feeling optimistic. You know, the Ontario Real Estate Association, I have the honor of being the CEO there for Ontario's over 80,000 realtors. We work with a national association in Korea and put a lot of ideas on the table to say, look, we want to help the next government create a new generation of Canadian homeowners. We want it to be closer to reach for the hardworking Canadian family, whether that's owning a home, a move-up home, the kids come along, or more rental. So I want to say, I was very pleased that each of the major parties, the Liberals, the Conservatives, the Democrats, they took from our platform a number of ideas and put it in theirs. Each party was slightly different, but the bottom line was this election had affordable home ownership as a major theme. Each party talked about it. Now our job is to twist their arms and make them come through on the promises they made to voters on housing. So speaking of promises, does that include helping younger Canadians get into the market? For sure. There is a lot in all the parties' platforms around helping young people get into the marketplace. Now, the Liberals have the most seats. It's likely they'll be supported by the Democrats both the time, so focus on their platforms. Uh, the uh, Liberals under Justin Trudeau did say they wanted to help create 1.4 million uh, homes in the province have a new or renovated. That number is very similar to ours. We think in Ontario, for example, we need between 80 and 100,000 homes per year, not only to keep up with demand, but play catch-up for how slow it's been in the past in getting new supply in the marketplace. So you put that across Canada, that's about the right ballpark. So that's the one that has a big check mark as far as we're concerned when it comes to more supply and inventory. New Democrats also talked about some interesting things. They had a lot of focus on not-for-profit, social housing, more rentals and affordable rentals. And this is really cool, an innovative idea that they borrowed from us. Um, they're looking at co-ownership. How can we help young people maybe who don't have enough for down payment to co-own a home? maybe with a buddy, a friend, maybe an investment arm, maybe the government, but new options to help with that critical down payment. That was nice to see in the, in the new Democrat platform under Jugmeet Singh. And, and, Tim, there's been a lot of focus on blind bidding, and I know that, uh, you know, as you've touched on, 
supply seems to be the most important. And, and if we look at how many new Ontarians, the net new Ontarians, uh, per 100 net new Ontarians, you're looking at 36.9 new homes that are being built. And, and that seems to be the issue. So the, the extra inventory will be welcome. How do you feel about the blind bidding? Uh, you know, we, we've been on our show before and we've spoken about blind bidding. As realtors, we don't feel that blind bidding is the, the end all for the market. Uh, having it opened up into uh, an auction type of process will still continue to drive prices up because there's no inventory. Yeah, that's a great question. So, so to, uh, to quote the title of one of my all-time favorite uh, movies, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, uh, the platforms had the good. I talked about increasing supply and inventory. Happy to see that. They also had some ideas around uh, new savings accounts for people to help for the down payment tax-free savings account. That's part of the good. There's the bad, which is a, a potential increase in taxes when you sell your home. So we're very worried about that. And then the plain ugly. We think this notion of criminalizing the traditional offer process, so the same offer process we've had since before Confederation, the liberal platform talked about criminalizing it. I mean, you have a criminal record if you tried that. We think that's so radical. Uh, we think that is uh, taking away the rights of a homeowner to decide how they want to sell their home, whether it's a traditional offer process that keeps offers confidential, an auction, or selling to somebody who reminds them of themselves when they were a young couple. For goodness sakes, let them be in the st- on the driver's seat when it comes to how they sell their home. And you made an excellent point that a big concern here is that if they blow up the offer process, a lot of sellers are going to say, oh, well, hold on. We've never seen this before. This has not existed in Canadian history or anywhere else in the world, but it's mandatory auctions. And I think they'll be cautious. They won't put their homes in the market. So I think it's hard to find a home today you can afford. Imagine the lack of inventory and the higher prices if they blow up the offer process. There's lots to worry about here. And Tim, you said you're very worried about the capital gains tax. We hear this issue come up quite often lately. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, so, you know, once bitten, twice shy, as the expression goes. There was a talk in Ontario some time ago that there would never be a, a land transfer tax for municipalities, and then the then McGinty government put one in place for Toronto. And Ontario realtors, leaders like Asif and Maria, we fought hard to make sure it doesn't spread out any further, but the deed was done for Toronto, and you see the result in higher taxes and fewer people moving. So in this uh, campaign, the, um, there's two tax increases. Uh, the New Democrats have said putting a higher tax on foreign buyers. And the, uh, the Liberals have said there's going to be an anti-flipping tax. If you sell your home with one, within one year, you're going to pay higher taxes. Now, first of all, that's going to be a concern to somebody maybe who loses a job or, you know, their wedding situation, marriage changes, all of that, that have to sell their home within a year and get whacked the tax. But we worry that that's going to be the first step towards eliminating the capital gains tax exemption on your home. That's the largest source of middle-class savings. And we're worried because when government spend, 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 next thing they do is tax, tax, tax. And this may be the way of doing a major tax grab on average Canadians across our country. And Tim, you know, we, we've been hearing more and more rumors of this capital gains tax coming to fruition where do you think we go from here, and how real do you think these threats or, or discussions are about having this come into play? Yeah, I, I'm worried. I mean, there's that old expression where there's smoke and there's fire, and there's just been too much talk in Ottawa about a potential elimination of the capital gains tax exemption when you sell your home. This is 
particularly dangerous for two reasons, Asif. Number one, the value of your home is the biggest source of savings for middle-class Canadians. They, they count on it to secure their retirement uh, or to help the kids and the grandkids. And if you put a major tax on that, that'll be like a nuclear bomb on our economy and the savings of people who have been playing by the rules and expecting to retire with some degree of dignity. Number two, holy smokes, you think it's hard to find a house today? Imagine if they put a capital gains tax on the sale of your home. I bet a whole bunch of sellers would say, oh, I'm not moving. I'm not going to you know, pay this tax to the government and have to pay it again next time I sell my house. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but we think this would be very damaging to the economy and put a stranglehold on supply, driving up prices even further. So, Tim, this brings us back to affordable housing. Do you think it's going to take all three levels of government to work together on this file? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, that, and that makes it challenging. And uh, that's why, you know, being on a show like On the Market helps and, and letting people know about that, talk to their officials. The reality is the provincial level of government is where the greatest influence can be on housing supply. They're the ones that control the land development process, for example, set targets for municipalities. Number two is municipalities. They have their official plans. They have to make sure they have in place uh, where the homes are going to go and also to resist NIMBYism so they can get affordable homes into the market. But you know what? It is good to see the federal government, again, all the major political parties putting ideas on the table, they can have influence too. The New Democrats, for example, have talked about bringing back a 30-year amortization. That's really helpful, particularly for young families to finance uh, their homes. The Conservatives suggested a, a rollover to help create more rental. So if you invest in rental and you sell it, you don't pay a capital gains tax. You can put it into more rental housing. Uh, and the Liberals have talked about a home savers program. All these things help. And, and here's what I think they all have talked about. You can use the carrot approach of the federal law. You can say, okay, our budget's going to invest in new infrastructure. Maybe it's transit, maybe it's highways, maybe it's water and sewer. Here's what we suggest. Reward those municipalities that actually have a plan in place to help bring more homes in the market that people can't afford. Put them to the top of the list. Make it a quid pro quo. You make sure there's things that can help create the next generation of Canadians that can own a home, and in return, you get your money for your infrastructure project municipality. Hey, Tim, the Ontario Real Estate Association does a great job lobbying for homeowners and and obviously for their rights and the ability for them to continue to make money in their real estate investments. So thank you for all that the Ontario Real Estate Association has done for homeowners. And, you know, we uh, promise to help out in any way we can as realtors to make sure that we get the message through. Hey, I, I appreciate us of your leadership as a, a leader, a trust leader in real estate, and also on your uh, program. And we have been meeting with uh, the MPPs at Queen's Park this past week, the next couple of weeks. And if people want to see some of these ideas that you and I talked about, they can go to Aria, O-R-E-A dot com and see our plan. And, and Tim, just before we close, I know in April that you had uh, reached out to the government to have us uh, declared as part of the financial services sector to allow us to receive vaccinations going into people's places and we're not able to socially distance as much as other professions may be able to. Is there any uh, mandate coming through for realtors to be vaccinated and, and what are your thoughts on us being able to do so to protect the general public? Yeah, so we did talk to the government about uh, prioritizing, uh, you know, all essential services, obviously after nurses and, and doctors and, and uh, frontline services, but because it's essential service to see what we could do, and the government decided largely to do it by age, so that, that's been done. 
Um, but uh, will there be a mandate for realtors? Uh, no, I don't see the province uh, mandating it, uh, nor do I see uh, RICO, our regulator uh, for real estate, uh, mandating it. At ARIA, we certainly have strongly encouraged uh, our members to get vaccinated. I think realtors and brokers did an excellent job of keeping people safe during the pandemic, during real estate exchanges, the protections we have in place when showing a home from PPE to cleaning surfaces to leaving lights and windows and doors uh, open, spacing people out for showings. That's really helped keep us safe and keep that part of the economy going. Uh, and I certainly think it's part and parcel of that for realtors to get vaccinated to protect themselves, their families, uh, and their clients. But I don't see that being made mandatory. I just think it's a smart thing to do and good for business. Tim, thank you very much, as always, for joining us and taking time out of your busy day to uh, be here for our listeners. And uh, we look forward to welcoming you back uh, real soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back on. Keep up the good work. After the break, Shop Talk with Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties. Asif, we chatted with Tim Hudak earlier in the show. Can I get your take on the election results? What are you hearing from your clients? Well, my take would be, Tina, I'm I'm glad it's a minority government because uh, it's a critical time for the housing market. And if you look at what all three parties had suggested, they had some flaws in their platforms. And, you know, it, it's, I would say, would it be unfair to the homeowner to have someone have a majority government and be able to push through on their promises or ideas that they had? Because in the end, not much is, you know, great for consumers. I'm talking to a lot of clients and consumers on, on what their thoughts are, and they're really mixed because. The promises made, once you clarify and explain what those promises mean to homeowners and potential buyers, they realize that the problems at hand were not being solved. So then what's your advice to both the buyer and the seller right now? I would say right now it's business as usual. These are promises, and quite often you don't see them come into fruition. So uh, right now it's business as usual. We're going to have to see what comes up. I mean, the scariest thing is going to be, is there going to be an implementation of a capital gains on primary residence? And if that happens, that is going to set off alarm bells. And that's going to be, you know, something that's pretty drastic in terms of home ownership and not being able to take your nest egg with you when you go and having to pay a capital gains on your primary residence. That's just a cash grab. And I think that's what Aurea and the Toronto Real Estate Board have been fighting for, to protect that for homeowners, because that's huge, especially if you're retiring, if uh, parents have passed away and kids are trying to sell these properties. That is a huge tax to have to pay. Can you explain that a little bit further for us? The capital gains on primary residents, what exactly will that mean? So right now, we don't have a capital gains on primary residence. So when you sell your home, as long as you're moving to another home and investing that money in your next home, you don't have to pay a capital gains tax on it. And a capital gains tax is 
you're paying a tax on the profit that you're making from that home that you're selling. If the Liberal government does go ahead and implement a capital gains tax on primary residents, anytime you move, you're going to have to pay tax on the equity that you've built up in your own home, which it shouldn't have to be that way. Uh, you know, we, we haven't had that here forever, and all of a sudden now they're talking about it, and it's just a, a cash grab from the government's perspective. Now, again, you're being taxed on the profit you make from your home. So if you bought your home 30 years ago, it was a certain price. If you sell it in this market, it's a way different price. So you're paying the tax on that profit? Is that how it works? That's exactly how it works, Tina. And it's going to be a a huge amount uh, that's going to be taken away from homeowners. It's coming right out of your pocket. And, you know, it's... it, it cannot happen, and I know the Ontario Real Estate Association, real estate agents, and the Toronto Real Estate Board and other boards around uh, the country are going to be fighting for homeowners on this because it really is an unfair tax. So who does it benefit other than, as you suggest, being a tax grab, a money grab? It doesn't benefit. It doesn't benefit anyone. It's it's uh, money in the pocket for the government, and this would come up. We had Adam Vaughn on the show last year uh, around this time and he had said that uh, there's absolutely no way that that would pass through legislature so we're going to have to see uh, where we go from here that's one of the things that was tabled and rumored to be coming into play if the liberals would win uh, again the great thing is it's a minority government so there's it's a little bit harder to pass things like this through without having a majority so in terms of the current market, what's happening in terms of supply right now? Supply is at a critical state right now, and that's what we would have hoped that these platforms would strive to address. And there was some mentions of more homes being built, but it wasn't enough. If you look at supply right now, let's just compare it to last year. 3,866 homes on the market at the end of September last year. Right now, Tina, we have 1,700 homes for sale. So that's down 56% in active listings. And, you know, the sales continue to defy logic. I mean, right now, if you look at the year-to-date sales with a few days to go in September, we're on pace to hit almost 18,000 sales for York Region in the month of, for the, for the year. And last year at this time, we had 12,467. So that's a 45% increase in sales right there, while inventory is down 56%. So when supply is low, what does that mean? Bidding wars, inflated prices? Exactly. You've got 14, 15, 20 people vying for one property, and that's going to drive up the cost because now people are trying to outbid each other. And, uh, you know, if it's blind bidding or open bidding, it doesn't matter. People are going to want that property and they're going to want to beat out the other people. Everything that comes on the market is selling because there's no supply. And when you have a situation like that, you need more inventory, you need more supply, you need more new home starts. And I think we have been put back so far with the pause on construction, on new development, on permits over the last year and a half, we're starting to feel those effects right now. We need more builders building. We need more permits to be cleared uh, through provincial and municipal uh, town halls. And, 
you know, we, we need them to start building homes. We, we need people to get into their homes, and that's going to reduce. If you have four homes on the market and you have four buyers looking for homes, you, the price isn't going to go crazy. No one's going to bid $100,000 more on a home when they're the only bidder. But when you have one home and four bidders, that's when the problem starts. Okay, but realistically, you know, we live in Canada. We know that winter, and I hate to say this, is just around the corner. So realistically, how much building can actually happen? You won't be able to build a lot, you know, especially in Canada during the winter when it's minus 30 and the ground's frozen. But what can happen during that time is permits can start to be approved and builders can start planning to dig as soon as the the ground thaws, maybe, you know, early spring, uh, springtime, that's when they're going to start breaking ground. And we need all of the paperwork to be taken care of right now. We need less red tape and we need to allow the builders to start to build again. So is supply low as well because of affordability? I don't think affordability has a lot to do with it. Uh, People are going further and further. If you look across the country, supply is limited everywhere. And that shows you that people aren't afraid to move right now. They're they're looking to stretch their boundaries. You've got people moving to Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. You've got people moving to Northern Ontario, to Alberta, to Saskatchewan. So people aren't limiting themselves to, you know, being in the GTA or being in Toronto because they can work from home and they're going where their dollar can get them the most home. So what are your projections as we head into the last few months of 2021? I think the market is going to continue to be strong, Tina, unless there's, you know, outside interference. As long as the government doesn't make any drastic changes over the next few months, which I don't see happening. It's too early. Um, they're, they're going to have to fight through a lot of, uh, you know, hoops to try and get these uh, changed. I, I don't see that happening. And so I think it's going to be business as usual, at least until, you know, through the end of 2021 and into 2022. So I think for buyers and sellers both, we're in the same boat as we were six months ago or 10 months ago, 12 months ago, where supply will continue to be limited. You're going to have to compete for your homes. So sellers, like the best time to get on the market is when inventory is low. So right now would be a perfect time for you to get on the market because you have pent up demand and you have people waiting to scoop up your house. Buyers, there's no end to this. So until we get a lot more supply, there is no end to it. You know, getting back to the National Association of Realtors down in the U.S., they say that they're, they have a shortage of 7 million houses. They, they are short 7 million houses. And the reason they're saying this is to say there's no imminent crash. The prices are going to continue to climb because they don't have inventory. And it's the same in Canada. We don't have inventory. The prices are going to continue to climb. So if you want to get into homeownership and be, make it as affordable as possible, the time to do that is right now. When we come back, time for your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Ben in Markham. He has multiple rental properties, but recently his financial advisor has suggested that he could do better in stocks rather than real estate. His question, is now the time to sell? Asif, what do you think? And now might be the time to interview other financial advisors, Ben. <laughs> um, you know what, real estate, real estate's been the hottest commodity. It's, it's been uh, growing at rates that will far outweigh the, the benefits and the, the growth that you're seeing in the stock market. And it's less volatile. And if you look at what's happening right now with supply that we just talked about, there's no end to this. So your property will continue to appreciate Rents have been skyrocketing. So if you're looking at rents, you know, take an example of a property that we leased out in Durham last year for $1,600, that leased out for $2,400 this year because there's no rental inventory either. So you've got, uh, you know, two two ways that you're able to make money on this property. One is the rental amount that's going to continue to escalate, and the other is the equity that's going to continue to appreciate. So I would... Seriously, get a second opinion and take a look at your property and and where it stands right now, and and you'll be able to make an informed decision. So as you said, rents are on the rise, home prices are on the rise. Is there no end in sight? This can't continue at the pace it has been, can it? It's going to just because there's no supply. There's limited supply. And until we get the, the only answer to this Without outside intervention to try and make the market stop, so that means that unless they make it really hard for buyers to buy or they uh, add a capital gains tax where sellers are going to have to pay a bunch of tax to the government rather than have that in their pocket, those things could start to crash the market, but it doesn't make any sense. Our, our housing market is the economic engine for our country, and and to try and artificially stall it or derail it doesn't make any sense. So there really may not be an end in sight to this. Our next question comes from Randa in Concord. She needs about a month to prep her home to sell, which would mean that it would not hit the market until late October. Do you think it's too late to list her property at that time, or should she wait until the spring of 22? I would list it at the end of October because you're going to have even less inventory at that time. There's going to be a lot of people taking a break for the winter. They're going to be taking a break you know, until after Christmas. So you're going to have a lot more eyeballs on your property, a lot more visitors, and possibly more offers. Uh, you want to get into the market when you have less competition. You don't want to go on the market when two or three of your neighbors are on the market at the same time. And that's usually the spring market. And what we've seen over the last few years People have been jumping the gun on the spring market. So you're seeing a lot more homes hit the market January 15th to January 31st. You're starting to see more homes hit in February. Traditionally, it would be really quiet until about March. But people are getting smart, and our sellers are getting smart and trying to jump again. Buyers are getting smart to say, hey, I want to buy now before all of the other buyers come out in the spring. So... Uh, October would be a great time to list it. I would say anything up to December 15th. That's usually when we draw the line to say, you know, if you're going to list after that, you may as well well wait until January 15th or so because there is a bit of a pause in there 
And, and similar to the pause that we just saw for August, that's a conditional slowdown in the market. And in, from December 15th to January 15th, there's a traditional slowdown in the market. So as long as you're before that or after that, you're fine. Now, we don't have additional questions or comments here from Randa, but, you know, when she says she needs to prep her home to sell, what exactly is she referring to, do you think? I would say she's probably trying to declutter it as much as she can, maybe give it a fresh coat of paint. Uh, If there's any small renovations to do, she would want to fix those. Uh, We would probably get a home inspector to walk through, let us know if there's anything that, uh, you know, could potentially be a problem so that she can address those before the home is sold. Uh, lots of little things that uh, she may want to do. And, you know, even just giving the outside a cleanup. Uh, as we get closer to October, November, the grass starts to look a little bit uh, worse than it has been during the summer. And you uh, take out all the dead flowers and, and de-weed. So there, there's a lot of things that you can do outside and inside to prep the home for sale. And what about in terms of a home stager? Is that necessary? Is that a good investment? Yeah, I mean, even just a consultation, a staging consultation, a lot of real estate teams have in-house staging, uh, so they can come in and do that, or they can recommend the stager that they've been using just for a consultation, and they can give you an idea of what you need to do to make your home more attractive to the mainstream uh, people that are coming in there, because we all decorate a certain way, and, and we like how we've decorated. It's our personal case, a stager or uh, even in-house uh, people for a real estate team. They try to position your house to be as attractive as possible to the majority of the visitors, and that helps a lot selling your home. You know, if you are selling, a lot of people do have a lot of equity in their homes, so that's good. But back in the day, we used to make sure that the value that we're receiving for the property is adequate for them to put a down payment on a home, pay their fees, and also be able to pay off anything that they owed on the property, whether it's taxes or uh, mortgage. So uh, it's not much of an issue right now, but it used to be back in the day. All right. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners have more questions and prefer to connect with you directly, how can they do that? Tina, they can always call me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.